Hello and welcome to another Seismic Cinema podcast. I'm joined by Mary and our special guest, Mr. Neil Boyle. Hello, Neil. How's it going? So Neil is joining us for this podcast to discuss his career so far as a movie director and to talk about his upcoming film. Neil, do you want to do the honours? We do know the name, but just to... Let you have your oh, moment. Oh, my film. Your new film coming out. 1815. <laughs> there we go. We'll, we'll come back to that later. So we thought it'd be nice just to explain. We actually do know Neil. He's not just a, a random internet guest. Um, my memories of Neil, one of my first memories of Neil was uh, playing football on the, the, the school pitches. <laughs> and yeah, you're, you're below us in school. What point, um, when did you join the school? Was it like fifth year, fourth year? Uh, halfway through, four, a really good year, halfway through yeah. fourth year. Yeah. I, I just remember you kind of randomly appeared because we were obviously in fifth and sixth year in the classes with your year group. Yeah, because uh, you, were, you were in Brian's year, right? You were in Brian's yeah. year, so I, yeah. I just randomly appeared from nowhere and everyone was like, uh, <laughs> who, uh, who is this guy? Who, who is also, this guy? Your name was Neil the Tank, and you're the skinniest guy I knew. <laughs> yeah, do you know the story behind that? Why, why I get called Neil the Tank? No. I didn't know. Oh, no way, right? So, do you remember a guy called Eden Middleton? Yeah. yeah. He was a like, huge rugby player. Like, like he was... Aye, so basically, <laughs> me and Evan started school in the same year. We started doing grammar in 2008. Mm-hmm. Um... Uh, and like I think one day everyone was in like the forum and uh, one of the guys from my year was like, oh my God, have you seen the new guy, man? He's huge. <laughs> uh, like obviously Evan's like a rugby player and then Evan, like I walked through the door and everyone looked and I was like, oh, he's this 15 year old guy and everyone just burst out laughing. So that's how I got that nickname and some people still call me that. <laughs> uh, I hadn't thought about that nickname in ages, but that's really funny and I'm quite glad we found that out in the podcast. That's an exclusive. <laughs> Thanks for helping me. That's where I first remember meeting Neil was just kind of playing football back in the day. But uh, more recently, he's been one of the, the top top barmen in Danoon. And he's always always good value. Whereas you, was the, did you work in the Braze as well? Or did I make that up? Or is it just a learn? I know. I worked in the Braze. I worked in the Braze for like six yeah. months when it, when it, like a long time ago. Right. So, uh, yeah. But yeah, mainly the lawn and the commercial. I'd say that's where I've probably got to know you better, actually, since you've been on the on that end of the bar. Yeah, I mean, like we definitely know each other from school. Like I remember our yeah. friends we used in school and stuff, and then like obviously in the old Summerfields days. Uh, I know. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. Like, I just remember you coming in and me having to train you in the checkouts in Summerfields. And the one, the one thing I remember <laughs> is you dropping the till full of money on the ground. <laughs> and then you started picking it up and just, you were underneath the till putting the money on top of the on top of the till. And our old supervisor, Pat, God bless her, uh, she was walking past and she's like, where's all this money coming from? Just the last money lying on top of this till. And then you just pop your head up like, oh, who's me? Oh. <laughs> Neil, have you got better at managing your finances since then? Since you're in charge of movie budgets now? No, 
no. <laughs> I don't, me, and, me and finances don't go together. Um, that kind of just sums me up, though, eh? Like, drop, drop, I, I actually remember dropping all that money because it was just one piece everywhere, and I was like, oh. <laughs> and then, like, Paul took me under his wing, and I became became one of the best uh, shelf stackers in the whole of Scotland. Fast, fast hands in the West and checkouts. Yeah. Fast hands in the West. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I actually got fired. <laughs> <laughs> no joke. <laughs> I got bagged. <laughs> I'm like, what's the say that? We can't mention uh, introductions without mentioning the fact that when we first approached Neil to do this podcast, we just, me and Paul just assumed he knew that Seismic Cinema was me and Paul. I, we'd sent it to people to like, etc. And then Neil's like, where are you based? And Paul's like, what does he mean? Where are you based? I was like, well, he's probably just asking if we still live in Dunoon or <laughs> elsewhere. And it turns out Neil just didn't know that it was us. <laughs> oh, no, no jokes. I started following you and stuff, and uh, I just thought you were like two wee guys from Glasgow doing it from like their, their basement or something. I had no, <laughs> idea. I had no idea it was you. And then when I was like, so where are you guys based? I'll come through, and they're like, uh, <laughs> it's Paul Kelly and Colin. <laughs> Yeah, because okay. I, I was like, I was like, Colin, does he know it's us? And he's I like, yeah, I, I don't think so. <laughs> well, I look back at the, I was like, I look back for our messages to see if there's anything I wanted to include here, and I actually signed off the original message to you, Neil, with my name. Well, I just wrote Colin, like dash Colin, um, but it was, I'm glad that happened because it was quite a funny, <laughs> quite a funny story to tell. So. <laughs> um. Right, Paul, you're going to ask Neil for a couple of his favourite things movie-related, and then I'm going to ask a couple before we get into discussing Neil's career and his projects. Yeah, okay. So, based on our last couple of ranking videos and stuff, uh, have you got a wee list of favourite actresses in mind? Yes, I wrote a couple down. Oh, well prepared. Um, yes, yes, yes. Always come prepared. <laughs> Um, right, so I find this I find this one really difficult, um, but I guess just kind of recently, my favorite an actor that I really appreciated is Rooney Mara. Um, seen her a good few decent performances, um, and she's just kind of first person that came to mind. Uh, yeah, I think like I don't know, she's quite versatile. I mean, she she is like quite still young. I think she's still got a, a, quite a big career ahead of her, but yeah, like from what I've seen her in so far, she's been she's been pretty decent. Yeah. Is it really is it in Nightmare Alley? And what, sorry? Was she in Nightmare Alley? Good question. I've not, I've not seen that yet. Mm. Um, she was, I, I guess her most kind of famous role was like that uh, Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. Oh yeah, I think that's the same one. Yeah, I think I'm so. I'm glad you mentioned that, Neil, because I wasn't sure who you were talking about, but now I know. So. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, <laughs> Neil, see, see if you've watched previous podcasts, you realise that Colin has not watched any movies and does not know anybody. <laughs> that's a good thing. It's a, a learning experience for. Yeah, that's why. That's why we're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> God, you could be watching movies till the end of your days and still not know everything. I know that's true. Um, yeah, so that that was a kind of main one. Um, you know what? I, I really like, I've said this before. I really like Kate Blanchett. 
I think she's also a kind of crush of mine as well. <laughs> she's in Nightmare Alley as well. Really? I need, I need to watch that Nightmare Alley. Was, was, it her, was it her that made a cameo appearance in Hot Fuzz? Or am I thinking of someone else? Nah, she's like, um, she, I guess you might know her best from Lord of the Rings. She was in yeah. Lord of the Rings. She was in Benjamin Button. No, I, I know, I know who she is. Thankfully, it's oh. just there, there was a famous actress that made a. Have you seen Hot Fuzz? I assume. Yeah, I've seen Hot Fuzz. You know the scene where his like partner at the start of the film is at like a crime scene and he's talking to somebody with and she's got a face mask on. Oh, Janine. It's, it's someone famous, but I can't remember if it's her or if it's somebody maybe, else. Maybe it is. I, I, man, it's been that long since I've seen Hot Fuzz. It could be. Yeah. Yeah, cool. And uh, do you know what? What's an actress that I do love, and I can't remember her name, but she's in Jurassic Park. She plays, um, she's like the kind of main woman actor in Jurassic Park. The original or the newer ones? The original. The, 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 the original. Laura Dern. Yeah, I love her. I think she's brilliant. She was rubbish in Star Wars Last Jedi, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> she's, she's, <laughs> she's had such a good career. But actually, do you know what? I'm going to put her before Rooney Mara. I oh, special. Um, oh. Yeah, I don't know. She's just, she's just got such like a... She's, as an actor, she just gets such a kind of lovely disposition. And she always, she always kind of plays really sensitive characters who are really kind of like empathetic and stuff. I think she's she's a great actor, and I think I don't know if she's ever been awarded for her performances, but she's she's definitely up there for me. She's yeah. back. I think she's in the new Jurassic Park film that's coming out this year. They need to stop making Jurassic Parks, man. <laughs> it's, it's getting too far now, honestly. It's getting like Fast and Furious, isn't it? Ah, like the, honestly, I can bet you any money in the next uh, in the next Jurassic Park, Dwayne the Rock Johnson and Kevin Hart will be in it. Most most probably. So Paul, what was your other one then? Your favourite actresses and uh, and the other one was your favourite movie, just not the best movies, just your personal favourite that you would kind of go back and watch if you really wanted to, just on a uh, rainy day. Me? Yeah, just your favourite, your kind of personal choice. Oh, sorry, I thought you were going for your actresses. Uh, cool. Are you uh, going? On you go. If you if you got more, on you go. Well, I, I thought you were going to give me yours, but is this just me? Yeah, we did. We did. We did a. We we've done individual podcasts on these, so we just picked out a few topics to ask you to see what yours were. Right. Okay. This is the spotlight firmly on you, mate. This is all you. I don't. I don't, I don't on you. This is too much pressure for me, man. I thought. <laughs> I don't know if I can do this. You, you can, you can, you can just pass by any of the categories if you're unsure. <laughs> um, right. Okay. So, favorite movie? Difficult question, but I've had I wrote a couple down. Like my my kind of all time favorite movie is It's a Wonderful Life, and I know it's a Christmas movie, but I just you just can't fault it. Like for me personally, um, always brings a tear to my eye. <laughs> Um, and one that I kind of one that I always come back to is uh, have you ever seen? Uh, these are all kind of Hollywood films. I do watch kind of other, other kind of European world cinema, but um, have you seen Goodwill Hunting? Some of my list. Uh, 
Oops, sorry, nigga. Oh, yeah, I, I, I've seen it years ago. I've seen it years ago. Did you like it? I actually did, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. not... That's when you kind of... Like, I've seen it years ago, but I can't, I can't remember really a lot about it. But uh, I've definitely seen it. Just yeah, a... I, remember, I remember the speech. I know the famous line. I actually sat down to watch it one night, and then Alien told me we weren't watching that, so that was it. But I will go back to it. <laughs> Matt, Colin, you need to put your foot down. This is cinema <laughs> we're talking about. <laughs> actually, funny enough, I was going to go see It's a Wonderful Life with my mother at Dunoon Cinema. They were showing it at Christmas time. That's right. And it just didn't happen in the end. So I haven't actually seen it, but... I'll definitely see it by this time next year. I yeah. promise. I mean, if you can if you can catch a wonderful life uh, in the cinema, you should. That is truly it's a great film. But Goodwill Hunting again, it's just like they just don't make them lie anymore. It's just it's just great writing, great acting as well. I think it was like Matt Damon in his early years, and he gave a he gave a great performance. Um, and Robin Williams as well. He got he got a, an Oscar for that performance. It's just. It's just a combination of like a great director, really, really, really good writing and great performances. And it's just such like a really lovely story. Um, it's quite hard hitting, but um, yeah, I, th I think that's kind of one of my favourites. And something that I'd kind of like watch on a Sunday afternoon, probably be like, and then a John's Three Last Crusade. Nice. Nice. Like, I just, I just always remember that being on TV on a Sunday, and I would, I, I could watch that all the time. It's just yeah. such a good movie. That's what it's been for us. All the rankings we do, it's just like our favourites. We did a top 10 movies and it was literally just what movies would you want to stick on the telly if you're just chilling out or you've got people over yeah. that sort of thing? Mm. Yeah. If I, I mean, I don't know. Sundays is just such a good day to just put something on and just mm. before you know it, it's like half nine at night and you've watched like four films. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what I wrote down. Like I did... I didn't want to go like too far. Like I gave, I've got another movie down here that I thought you guys might be interested in watching. It's kind of like it's a kind of art house movie um, that I really love. It's called uh, In the Mood for Love. Mm, uh, it's a uh, it's a Chinese film and it's set in the sixties. It's set in the sixties Hong Kong, and it's just a kind of really weird um, love story about these two people who move in next door to each other, and they're both married. And it's just about how that kind of like relationship develops, but it's a really, really, really beautifully shot film. It's just like it's really stunning, and it's just the way the story's the story's told over a period of fifteen years. Um, and it's a movie I watched when I was kind of starting to like kind of learn more about cinema and kind of like open my horizons to watching different mm -hmm. types of films. And uh, I was just blown away by it. I mean, like, don't get me wrong, it's not something you're going to watch when you're like rough on a Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> If you're kind of looking to try um, new things, like it's it is a very beautiful film. So, and there's a lot of great Chinese cinema. But yeah, if you get the chance, you should watch that. Um, the director is called Wong Kar Wai. He's quite a really well-known Chinese director, and um, he's made a couple of like really really good films. He's like quite a well-respected director um, around the world. But uh, yeah, I just thought I'd add that in because that's kind of like it left an impact on me. Nice, nice point. Oh, you got that written down? I actually do, yeah. Yeah. Watch. Sorry. No, you go. I was going to say, watch Goodwill Hunting before you watch In the Mood for Love. <laughs> definitely will. I definitely will. Right, we had a couple of extra questions before we get into your story. 
do you want a couple more questions or are you or was that enough pressure for you? Fire away. Right. This one might be a quick one depending on your answer. Our most recent ranking video was Spider-Man movies. Are you a Spider-Man fan? Yes. And if so, what's your favourite Spider-Man film? It's the first one, man. It has to be the first one for me. Nice. Toby. Like, the original Toby yeah. one. Yeah. Old Toby. Old Toby boy. Like I just remember in 2001 when that first came out, it was like the first superhero, the first superhero movie to like ever basically, apart from like, I think they're a Spider-Man film in the 70s or something. Um, uh, and yeah. I was just like, I was just blown away, man. And I was like, what age was I in 2001? Well, I'm 25 now, so I'd have been 10, so you'd have been nine probably. Yeah, I was nine, and honestly, man, I was just like, I was, I had the, I had the poster on my wall. <laughs> Um, yeah, just I, I, I love the first one. I mean, don't get me wrong, the new ones are decent. Yeah, I do like Tom Holland. Um, but yeah, it's going to be the first one for me always. What about you? What did you uh, think? Well, we can't give this away on air, it'll discourage people from watching our. <laughs> yeah, sorry, <laughs> you'll, you'll, find, you'll find it down here somewhere, wherever that may be. Okay, so the other, the other question was, and this may be a harder one to. Do, do on the spot. What's your favourite movie in terms of overall soundtrack? Like, what movie stands out for you as one with just an amazing score? Right. You can come, you can come back to that one if it's too heavy hitting. Have you got 10 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> right, so I wrote this down. So, my favourite movie in terms of soundtrack has to be one of two. And I'll explain why. So the first one is There Will Be Blood uh, and Johnny Johnny Greenwood is the composer. Uh, have you guys seen it? I haven't seen it, no. Right, you'll love it. I don't know. I mean, what can I... Are you guys... Uh, uh, it's just like, John, as you know, Johnny Greenwood was a guitarist for Radiohead and then he he scored... He, his first composing job was for um, There Will Be Blood, which is kind of like one of the pillars of like American cinema, Paul Thomas Anderson's movie. It's just like, it's absolutely amazing in every way. Um, and, the, and the soundtrack is just like, it just kind of gives the film this kind of, almost like a horror vibe. Um, and it's just very beautifully composed and it just adds something to the film that, that you can't really describe. It just adds this kind of feeling to it. I mean, usually when you watch a, a kind of Hollywood movie, like the... The kind of sound, the soundtrack kind of uh, assists the film in telling the story, and uh, it's kind of part of the it's kind of part of the storytelling. But in this film, it kind of seems different. Almost kind of seems like the soundtrack's kind of separate from the film, except it totally works, and it's just kind of it's just really it's just really immense. And when I first watched that movie, it just always stuck with me. Um, yeah, like uh, Johnny Greenwood, he's just a ma he's just a master, especially composing, and he's done a few films since then as well. And the the soundtrack uh, has just been uh, just crazy. But I know you guys like I watched your last podcast. I think Strachan he mentioned uh, like Guardians of the Galaxy for soundtrack, mm -hmm. uh, which is a great shout because sometimes you get a movie and it's just got all these amazing songs in it. Um, but I guess like I kind of relate more to that kind of composed soundtrack, if you know what I mean. I think we all mentioned Guardians of the Galaxy. I think we were going for more like that kind of idea. Yeah, yeah. Rather oh, sorry, than, that was I suppose was that. No, 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 but, no, but that's fine. Um, I think we did include a few, but it was like that kind of score as well. But when I was personally doing it, I was thinking more of like 
the actual songs in the film rather than like hmm. an overall score. But it's it's subjective. So. Yeah, um, I think I'm talking about ones like in the rock, like Hans Zimmer and stuff like that, like composer, like composer music wise. And um, so it wasn't like all kinds of like pop kind of stuff we had. It's all different vibes. So that's yeah. a nice week to write as well. Sweet. I mean, uh, like I did write. So this is I want to mention one more because I watched it the other night for the first time in years, probably about ten years. And like, man, the, the soundtrack. Well, the soundtrack just kind of like. It just gives me chills. It makes the hairs in the back of my neck stand up. And I don't know why, but it is a very beautiful soundtrack. And it's James Horner for the, the Braveheart soundtrack. Right. <laughs> and I, I watched Braveheart the other night. For some, I was on BBC iPlayer and I just watched it. And like, do you know what? There's so many things wrong with that film. And there's so many things I do like have a problem with. But man, it's such a good movie. Mm. And like, just the soundtrack was just, it was making me teary eyed. And I don't even know. I don't even know why, because I don't even particularly like the bagpipes, but I was just like, <laughs> and this soundtrack is just so, it's just so good. It's like, it's a great movie, even though there's loads wrong with it in terms of like historical inaccuracy. But yeah, like, um, that's kind of, that's kind of one thing I love as well. But you know, when you, when you find a movie and it's just got a really, really nice soundtrack, it kind of just like, it kind of just brings so much more to the film for me and it kind of gives rewatch value. Like, because um, you're not just watching a film as well, you're also listening to like, Basically, like an orchestra, and you can, you know, it's 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 just crazy. But, um, yeah, five hundred days of summer as well. Like in terms of actual soundtrack, like that, I thought that was pretty cool. Like I watched that a long time ago, and I remember I downloaded the soundtrack when I first watched it, and it was just like so many bangers on it, just kind of like music. That's what I do. See if I find a film I like the music, and I always follow their playlist on Spotify because you can just get the whole yeah soundtrack there. So it does. Um, can just put you in a really good mood as well, I think, sometimes. See, mm. like, mentioned Guardians of the Galaxy. You've seen Baby Driver? Yeah. That's got a great soundtrack as well. So, um, yeah. yeah, it's... Uh, I really, really enjoyed doing that episode about the soundtrack. Yeah. And there's plenty of awful singing as well. <laughs> there was. Yeah. yeah, I actually watched that one. <laughs> <laughs> all, um, all, all, all in good fun. So, yeah. we get on to Neil's story then. Paul, you were going to kick us off with your... Question: We actually, we actually did quite a lot of prep here, uh, more than we've done for any other podcast. Oh really? Oh my god! Right, okay, come up with some stuff. Okay, yeah, well, okay. you're not, not going like, to like catch me out and like. No. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> hey, this is like we've got the questions, you've got the answers, so we'll, we'll yeah. listen to you. Right. So the first question was, which cast member do you hate the most? <laughs> No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I've, I've, I've already got that written down, by the way. <laughs> um, now, the first question I had was like basically, um, just such a fascinating journey that you've been on, like seeing you going from like the Summerfield days where we were just like daffy kids and they're like you're directing films. So it was like, what made you actually want to focus in on the film industry and kind of chase that dream? I was just thinking there, like, you're probably like, when you watch me drop that till and the money went everywhere, you were like, this week I was going nowhere, man. I hope he's not planning to do a career or anything. <laughs> uh, no, do you know, like, I, I'm kind of one of these late bloomers. Like, I never, I was kind of like working all the way up until I was like 21. And, uh, like, I applied to do social sciences and Paisley Uni. I think it was UWS at the time and 
I'd done that course for about nine months and I, I like I loved social sciences and stuff. Like I really wanted to like I don't know, maybe I was gonna become a lecturer or something. I don't know. Um but it, it was an interesting subject matter and I just I ended up just been kind of like not enjoying it. And my whole life I've always kind of like loved movies and I've always kind of like had ideas. Like even I I used to work like at the courthouse services and what like I would like print I would print till paper off when there was no customers and I would write stories down on the till paper and like I've just I always had it in my head like when I was younger I had a scrapbook for movies and stuff and I always had posters on my wall and it's really like it's not anything like special in terms of anyone else's like um childhood and stuff but I just always remember I would love to like do something creative and I always just love movies and like I suppose like kind of when I became like 12 and upwards I just always thought you know like I would love to kind of make a movie and stuff. And then when I was in this uni course, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to patch this and I'm going to apply for something else. And on the list of things that could have transferred to was a filmmaking course. And I thought to myself, like, do you know what? Like, why not? Like, I'll just, I'll apply and see how it goes. And <clears throat> I applied for the course and I went down for the interview and like the, the lecturer was like, you know, write, write, write me a 500 word essay and a movie you've seen recently. And I just wrote down, um, I think I'd watched, you've know, you seen The Place Beyond the Pines? Uh, is that Ryan? Yeah, Ryan Reynolds. Uh, not Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Gosling. <laughs> yeah, so I'd watched that like a week before, so I just wrote I just wrote something on that and I got I got accepted on the course and I thought, you know, I'll just I'll just do it and it ended up being like a really, really, really like beneficial decision because then I went through uni and I met loads of interesting people and I learned a lot about kind of like cinema and to be honest, like the uni course wasn't even about technical filmmaking. There was a lot of theory as well. And the kind of the theory classes opened my eyes to different types of cinema. And, you know, like as a filmmaker, you're always learning from other people's work. So when you're watching kind of all sorts of cinema from all parts of the world, you're still learning and you're, and you're taking in different points of view and you're, you're seeing different styles and it's not all just Hollywood. But then there was the kind of actual filmmaking part of the course and it was just like, you know, the end of the year, go away, make a movie and come back and we'll screen it and then you get marked on it. And it was just like, wow, this is like this is amazing. So yeah. I, I just I just really thrived. So what and, was your um what was your movie about then you did as part of your course? Well actually in second year we me and my two friends we done a movie like based around in a pool room. So we I was living down in air at the time and we we wrote a wee script and made it in the pool room about this just this wee guy who goes into a he goes into a pool room, kind of like a wee homeless dude, and he goes into a pool room. Is it based and... on Brian? Eh? Is it based on Brian? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, he might have been an inspiration, but no, no. Um, yeah, like, basically, this wee guy goes into this pool room to, like, use the toilet, and he finds someone's wallet. And then the guy that's wallet he finds ends up asking him for a game of pool, and then they end up playing for money and stuff, and it all kind of becomes a bit entangled. And it got selected for the Glasgow Short Film Festival. Nice. Uh, so that was just a kind of like a wee buzz, but um, that was just something that we made for uni, you know, and we got it screened and stuff, and it was great. But uh, yeah, that was a second year film, and in the third year film, um, it was just a kind of like a, a kind of magical fairy tale type thing we did. And then the year after that, that then I went to Germany for six months through Erasmus, and then I came back and I done my graduate film that I shot in Dunoon. And I kind of wrote my graduate film based around the time when I moved back to Dunoon after Germany and I was kind of just feeling a bit disconnected from 
from the town. Like I was trying to do my dissertation and mm-hmm. uh, I had been away for like six months and I was just kind of like uh, feeling a bit kind of like funny to kind of get back into living in the small town and stuff. And I just kind of wrote this script about this guy who had been away and had came back after a long period of time. And it's a kind of like really, really weird. <laughs> you know, I'll send you, right? Did you guys watch my graduate film? I'm not sure. It kind of rings a bell a wee bit. Is it on your YouTube? I saw it on Vimeo. I was, you know, a bit upper class here, boys, my Vimeo channel. Um, I'll send you it right, but I'm at, because, like, the the main actor fell through. Did he? Am I just making that up? No, I I acted in it, so it's a bit of a kind of sometimes cringe because I had to be in it, but... um, it's like 15 minutes long and it's quite like there's a few folk from doing it in it, but I, I mean, it's Kyle in it. Kyle in it. Kyle's not in this one, no. <laughs> you did a couple of short skits during the pandemic or earlier on, didn't you? Because one of my close friends is in one of your videos. He ends up Who? in a, a bin or something. <laughs> Mikey. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> did, I, did I not end up on BBC Social? I mean, oh, no, 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 yeah, so that was different, that was, uh, I don't know how that happened, I was doing some short sketches for the BBC The Social, mm-hmm. and um, I just remember meeting Mikey in the pub, and then he was like, mate, let's do some videos together, and then the BBC Social was like, let's do a couple of skits, and then I was like, I just messaged Mikey, because he was always so keen, like, you always meet people out in the pub that are like, oh man, we need to do a, we need to do a sketch and that, and uh, <laughs> And you think this would be class because there's so many funny people in Dunoon that I would love to do sketches with, but Mikey was actually serious about doing it. So um, that was fun. But yeah, like uh, that was very short lived because the BBC, the social, they're quite, uh, they they basically just tell you what they want instead of like, I'll send them a script Hmm. and they'll be like, can you change everything about it (laughs) and just put your name on it? Yeah. Um, But yeah, that that was good fun. So I, I had a vague memory, a random bit of trivia I remembered. I remembered you went to Air Campus. That's where you did your your course, wasn't it? Yeah, I done an Air, and then I finished that. I moved back to Dunoon for a while, and I just kind of like I kind of just had, had a bit of a lull. Um, I was just working. I didn't actually really do much after uni for about a year. Um, I had a big. I had quite a big. Op- I went into hospital and I had quite a big surgery. Um, which kind of had me out of the game for a while. So, like, out of the game, I say that as if, like... <laughs> um, yeah, so I had a big surgery and I got my mum to document it. So my mum filmed me going into the hospital and getting this big operation and I kind of made... Just to kind of bide my time and to, like, keep myself going, I made a wee documentary out of it, a wee kind of 15-minute documentary, like a kind of personal... a personal journey type thing. Um, and that was kind of all I did until the coffin walk, pretty much, like... Yeah, just that was that. You're you're doing our job for us here. Sorry, am I just like? I, I... No, that, no, that's good. It means we don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> so, my um, my second question was just about early pro- uh, projects, but you covered that talking about your university project. So, Paul, you want to lead in with the, the coffin walk? Uh, yeah. So, just basically, because uh, you you wrote and directed it, and. The coffin, walk, the coffin walk is a bit of a, a crazy adventure. <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, <laughs> literally, 
for the character. Um, so, so just to see what kind of really inspired it, because surely that mind of yours couldn't have came up with that uh, that debauchery. Um, it's actually, do you know there's a do you know there's a coffin there's a coffin trail in Dunoon, Yeah, I didn't know that. You know, I, know. I, I I saw something about it when I was doing my research. Oh, re- research. Yes. <laughs> so do you know um, up in do you know, up in Glenkin? Do you know how early yeah. you take your oh, yeah, yeah, I've been up there before. You've done the big Glenkin loop, haven't you? Oh, there's, there's yeah, like a and then you, you come to the end of the loop, well, like kind of halfway, and then it says the coffin trail. Right. So I was just up there one day with my family walking the dogs, and I was like, the coffin trail. And I, I looked it up, and apparently I used to take coffins over that big hill at Glenkin all the way through uh, to, is it uh, Glenstriven? Glen Right. Yeah, but no chance. There's no way they take coffins over that hill. <laughs> I was like, that would, that that's enough to actually put you into your grave, man. That's that's wild. So, <laughs> I just I don't know why, but I just I just started going like my, my mind just works in a really weird way. Like, I just as soon as something, if I, as soon as I get an idea, I just roll with it. I just, I just I just won't lose it until until I've either written twenty pages of a script and then. I crush it up into a ball and throw it in the bin or just it, something happens with it. But I ended up just writing this script in like a week called, and I just called it The Coffin Walk and that was it. And like, that's just how that started. I was just like, "There's this is just comedy gold. Like imagine, imagine these five guys have to take this coffin over this hill and like, it's kind of like a family kind of like road trip type thing where none of them really want to be there, but they have to do it anyway. Um, as if they've been kind of told to do it. Uh so yeah, that I just I wrote. I was like fifteen pages. I wrote it in like I kind of had a week or two weeks, and then I just kind of started sending it to people that I had worked with in uni, like my friends who I'd made films with in university, and uh, they all loved the script. They thought um, they thought let's go, and then we got a producer on board, uh, and then we just we had done a wee crowdfunding campaign, and we raised about five hundred quid. So the the overall budget for the coffin walk was two thousand five hundred pounds. Um, I put the two grand in of my own money, and then we raised five hundred pounds in a in a crowdfunding campaign, and then we just we shot it. I think it was like a four and a half five day shoot. So you're doing crowdfunding for the new film as well as part. I'm showing off a bit, but it's part of my research. I found the page, so you're doing oh. a bit of crowdfunding for eighteen fifteen as well. Yeah, I like having a stalker. <laughs> <laughs> Doggy used to it. Doggy used to it. Yeah, we've done a bit of crowdfunding for that and it went quite well. Uh, Do you know what it is, though? It's just a bit of a... I hate... Like, it it literally took me a week to record that video because I... We we jazzed the video up for the 1815 crowdfunding campaign and we added loads of clips from films and stuff and it was quite, like... It looked as if a lot of work went into it, but uh, I just hate talking in front of camera. Like, I know this is different because we're in a podcast, but that was absolutely brutal, setting up the camera and trying to talk into the camera. Because I've got a really short attention span, so I had this big kind of, like, thing memorised, and then I would just start talking, and because I was just looking at the lens of the camera, I would always forget what I was saying. <laughs> um, so I just I just got really frustrated because I was like, I can't do this. So I got the producer on a video call, and she was, like, asking me questions, and I was talking to the camera, I was like, Man, this is—I hate this. I—I I, I really hope one day someone gives me money to make a film like proper, 
so that I don't have to do crowdfunding every time. <laughs> I hate trying to ask people for money on camera. It's just, it's just sad. <laughs> but uh, we should probably share that. <laughs> we should see if people give us money. <laughs> I'll give you money. I'll give you money. Yes. So Neil, um, something that both Paul and I are really fascinated about is we would have the first idea how to make a film. Like how how do you get the producer? How do you uh, hire your actors and your actresses? Like, can you talk us through just as much detail as you can? Like. What, What's involved in the process and what do you enjoy and what's difficult about it? I can't actually give away any secrets of the trade, you know. <laughs> I would need to get you off then. <laughs> uh, I guess, like, uh, for me, like, in, in Scotland, there's a, in Scotland, particularly in the kind of central belt, there's a huge filmmaking community and uh, it's kind of mostly if not all independent filmmaking and there's Facebook groups where people go on and they're always posting their work and casting calls and projects that they're up to. And it really is amazing. There's so many filmmakers in Scotland that are just kind of chipping away and trying. So like, obviously I met a lot of contacts in uni, just people who are like-minded. Don't, don't get me wrong. When you go to university and you're studying like filmmaking, like a lot of the time it's, it's what you make of it. Like, you know, a lot of the time you go into classes where it's just theory, so you don't really learn enough about actual filmmaking. When they tell you this is your assessment, go and make a film, you're just learning by doing. The, the lecturers don't actually teach you how to make a film, so in a way you're already self-taught because they're just like, here's a camera, write a script, go and make your film and come back and we'll mark it for you. And that's kind of like, that's how we learned. And you kind of cut your teeth in uni by working with people and like, you know, you know who's not going to, you know who's not going to stick in because it's the people that are always late. The people that don't really care about the projects, people that don't really care about their marks and like, you could just tell straight away who was passionate about what they uh, what they were doing and, and who wasn't and, and I was one of those people and when it, when you leave uni, you're always kind of like, I want to make a film, who, who can I, who can I contact they would be interested, and um, I was lucky enough to to have a couple of friends that I studied with, and we had made films in university. That I was like, "Here's the coffin walk script. Do you just want to do this? I mean, it could be quite fun." And and they loved the script. Mm. Um, but you know, if, if it wasn't for them, I, I could have just posted the script online in Facebook and said, "You know, is anyone really working this?" But you really you really start off from zero and the more people that you work with and the more people that you prove, you know, I'm a passionate person, I'm going to turn up, I'm reliable. You know, you, you don't want to be working with people that aren't going to be on set on time because yeah. everyone's grafting and everyone's like, you know, sometimes you're turning up to set at six in the morning and you don't want someone to turn up at eight o'clock and just not caring. You want to be with people that you, that you want, that want to be there. So I guess like they always say the best foundation for a film is just a really good story. Um, like so, when I wrote the coffin walk, it was like fifteen pages, and you know, I think I think it went f through a couple of drafts. And, and when you're actually shooting as well, like when you're shooting the film, you know, things that might be funny on the page don't actually kind of come out funny, whether it's the directing or the performances. So sometimes you kind of give a couple of ad libbing moments, or sometimes on the day, like sometimes on the day. Um, something comes up, you're like, do you know what, try this, try that. And with the coffin walk, we tried to do a lot of kind of physical 
filmmaking uh, comedy, like, and what I mean by that is, like, see when you watch like Shaun of the Dead or um, Edgar Wright stuff, you know, a lot of his comedy comes through actual kind of like filmmaking techniques such as editing and yeah. like lighting. So you know, a lot of like camera movements that kind of make jokes funnier, and we right. kind of try to we kind of try to do that with the coffin walk. We try to make um, comedy more visual rather than just having a lot of kind of jokes written down. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, like, that's kind of where you, if, if you've got a good script, basically, then you're not really going to have a problem getting people to come on board because, like, anyone recognises a good story yeah. and anyone, and anyone recognises a good script, especially in the industry. Um, oh, get that dog under control. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, Neil, were all the, all the actors and actresses involved, are they all people you knew? There was no... External people at all? No, are you talking about the coffin walk? And um, for the coffin walk, oh. I didn't know anyone. I, I, uh, we put out a casting call, and then I, I ended up actually, I, and I've, I've done this for eighteen fifteen as well. I actually just message actors individually, asking if they want to read the script and take part in the film. Like, um, I, I sometimes feel casting calls are so uh, auditions can be so impersonal. Mm. I feel as if sometimes you can really get to know someone, especially an actor, is by just meeting up with them and like feeling them out, hmm. seeing kind of what they're like, what their personalities like, you know. Because um, we, when we were in uni, we done we done for one of our short films in university, we done like a a casting day. Was it a casting day? An, an audition day, and, and it it wasn't. It didn't feel right. So I, I just I can I like messing people. Um, so like for example all the cast of the coffin walk I messaged them with the script I was like how you doing I've seen some of your work I've seen you online uh, I've seen some of your films or I've met you um, do you want to have a look at this script and uh, do you want to like maybe consider being in the film um, I've done it with 1815 as well and I think I think we actually only casted properly one person everyone else I just messaged individually and just right. said do you want to be in the film so there's nobody from the coffin walk that's in 1815. Yeah, John McQuiston. So John, the main character of the coffin walk is in 1815. Uh, John McQuiston. I don't. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen John in TV yet, but John's been on some. He was in the Nest. He's been. He's done a couple of uh, TV commercials as well. So John's. Uh, John's. I, I just. I just think he's great. Like he's. He's just, and he gets it as well because he's so experienced. Um, like when I messaged him for eighteen fifteen, um, after the coffin walk, we just kind of developed a really nice professional relationship. I think it was kind of one of those things where John was like, uh, "If you ever write anything again, write me in because I'd love to be part of it." And I just I felt really like, "Wow!" So I wrote him into eighteen fifteen, and he was just like, "Yes, hundred uh, percent." That's pretty cool. Um, that's quite a well known show. My my parents have actually started watching the Nest, so I'll tell them to to look out for the guy. I don't. Uh, I actually don't know. I've actually not watched the Nest yet. I don't know what role John has in it, but I know that he is in it. But mm. it's just funny because, like, ever since the coffin walks, some of my friends like they'll see John in TV and they'll pause it and they'll screenshot it. <laughs> and it'll be like it'll be like a Tesco advert or something. They'll be like, "There's, there's John the question. Was he not here? Was he not in the coffin walk?" And I was like, yeah. uh, "This is a, a good opportunity for me and Paul to say if you ever need extras, you can count us in." Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, uh, no. 
No. <laughs> Actually, Paul would have been good in 1815 because you've got like a big gnarly beard. That's like <laughs> you would you'd have suited back then. <laughs> the... uh, yeah, no. <laughs> if I ever need extras, if you ever make it. Have you ever watched? You'd probably quite like it. You probably have seen it. It's the one that uh, Ricky Gervais extras. Yeah, I love it. Love yeah. it. Is that? Is that got any like realism to what it's really like? Is there any kind of similarities of anything um, you get to? I, yeah, like obviously, I'm I'm just kind of starting out. To be honest, like I don't. Um, I've not had the privilege yet of being in any big movie sets and stuff, and I've not, I've not met any kind of high-profile people, and I'm, I'm not really bothered about that kind of stuff. But I have worked in sets and, and extras. There is a lot. Of, there's a lot of sitting about. Like, I can't stress that enough. Like actors, like there's a lot of sitting about, and it's sometimes, especially well for me, I'm like stressed out my box. Like I'm. I'm like losing hair and stuff, but sometimes for actors, it's like literally waiting about for hours until the next shot. So, yeah. like in that sense, uh, I love the extra. So I thought it was brilliant. Like, just like you can imagine famous people being like that. Like <laughs> they're all just like sociopaths. Like I just thought that was brilliant. But um, yeah, I mean that that's how an actor would probably cut their teeth as well. If if they're not getting auditions, they'd probably just need to take extra work as well. So it's yeah. Yeah, no, there there is a wee, there is a, there's a lot of truth in that, but um, I, I can't speak for the <laughs> can't speak for anything else in that. Never know what happened in the future, Paul. So you were up. You've got the last wee question for the the main section. Uh, so after eighteen fifteen, what is your? Oh, you're you're a step ahead. Sorry, the dogs have put me right off. No, that, that was maybe that was maybe a miscommunication on my part. Neil, do you want to just explain to listeners what eighteen fifteen is all about? When we'll be able to see it? Where we'll be able to see it? All that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um. So eighteen fifteen is it's a short film set in the nineteenth century Highlands. Um. It's a it's a story set during the Highland clearances. And it's about a, an old tenant farmer who sets out on a search and a, a, a relentless search. And on his way, he he meets a a Waterloo veteran. He meets a, a young soldier who's returned from the Battle of Waterloo, who's kind of like riddled with PTSD, and they they end up kind of um, forming this kind of like unlikely. Um, camaraderie you could say and they go on this kind of search through the through the highlands together and yeah it's it's quite it's it's a gritty drama it's serious um it's a historical drama yeah um i don't really know what else to say without giving too much away but it's the highland clearances is a part of scottish history a huge part of scottish history that has never been on the screen before and it was it was amazing just looking into that part of Scottish history. And yeah, I think anyone that doesn't know about it, they should look into it because it's um it was a part of Scottish history that happened over a period of kind of like from 1760 to like you know, 1840. And there was a there was thousands upon thousands of Scottish Gaels, Scottish Gaelic people um who were displaced from their, their lands. They were just basically moved off their homes. 
their ancestral homes and basically left to fend for themselves. So, yeah, it wasn't nice. Um, but yeah, that's what I was going to ask you, Colin. Like, I mean, the, the reason that I started to, the reason why I kind of was attracted to the part to the clues is because we we never learned about that part of history in school. You did you remember that? I don't remember learning about it. No, I only I only did history like first and second year, though. I didn't take it further on. Yeah, I mean, like I don't I remember learning about it in school, and uh, I was just kind of I, I was attracted yeah, to it. I yeah. thought you. I'll speak to my colleagues and I'll see if it's something that they're they're doing there. Yeah, yeah. I've I've heard about it, but like I don't think it was ever kind of put mainstream mm-hmm. about it. I think it was kind of maybe mentioned, but it's never part of the main curriculum. I'll, I'll mention yeah, it to Mister Darkins when I'm back after the holidays. Ah, uh, Mister Darkins. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll I'll tell him he said I shout out in this, and we're getting to watch it. Come along the screen. <laughs> I will do. Yeah, I'll message him. Bring a friend. I've always yeah. Bring a plus one. <laughs> uh, no, so, um, yeah, it's 19 minutes long. Um, it's, sorry, I'm just trying to make this sound as interesting as possible, but I, I feel as if I'm <laughs> as if I'm failing here. It's 19 minutes long. It's playing in Dunoon on the 16th as part of the Dunoon Film Festival. They were kind enough to include it, and they've put on, they're going to put on a wee are we showing of it for us? There's going to be a bar. So there's going to be booze. What time's it at, Neil? Uh, the doors open at 1.30. And what time are you on? Good. I think it's 2 o'clock. And then there's a there's a casting crew screening mm-hmm. afterwards. So there's going to be like me, the, the producer, and a few others. Uh, John McQuiston's going to be there. There's going to be like a few... Uh, we're, we're going to be releasing this information on social media, but there's going to be like a wee casting crew uh, Q and A after it. So, did we just get an exclusive then? You got an exclusive, yes. Right. Is, it, is it just your film, Neil? Because the last time there was quite a few. Films. <laughs> is it just for you this one? Yeah, it's just, it's just mine this time, um, which is quite exciting because you know it's like it's just going to be focused on 1815, and I think. Um, I think people have kind of shown support and they really want to see it. So it's going to be quite exciting for people to actually see it and um, hopefully we get a full house. But yeah, yours, so you got yours, was my favorite. yours was my favourite out of the ones we saw that time anyway. So. Oh, you're just saying that, Colin. <laughs> nah. It says that to all the directors. I know. I see that to all the directors are getting the show. <laughs> You're the first one we've had. So, <laughs> oh, so just before we move on to a few last minute things, Paul, I think this was the question you started asking a little ago. Like, what was it? Because these dogs are doing my head in. Like, they just woke up from an app. Why... And the wee Dalmatian is just doing my head in. Sorry. That's so... why you get cats. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I was actually, just before we, when we were talking about 1815, uh, just to kind of thing I was thinking about. So did you are you quite interested in your history and that's why you made the film or did you just come up with it and decide to roll with it and look into it more kind of thing? Nah I um I started looking into the clearances. Like I, I basically just woke up one day and went, you know what, I, I want to make like a I want to look into Scottish history and see if I can like make a, a film about like the clearances. I just like I said, I, I went with it in my mind and then I ended up like buying, I, I bought a few books. Um, I bought a few Highland Clearances books, and I read them. And um, 
I spent about I spent a couple of months reading into the clearances and stuff, and then I didn't actually come up with the story until like January. Uh, so I said to myself I was going to make the film eighteen fifteen in like I think it was like September October, probably like late October, and I didn't actually write this start writing the script until January, um, because January this, January this year. No, 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 January last year. No, last year. Um, because like. It's, it's a, it's, there's so much, that's the thing, with the, see with the clearances, it's not a very well documented part of history, but there's so much to read. Um, so I, w- I was just doing loads of research and like, it was just, man, it was just mental. There was just so much like information to take in. So I didn't actually write the script until a bit further on, but yeah, like the, the story that I developed is just the way I felt would be best for me to tell the story of the clearances because I'm not, I'm not Gael- I'm not Gaelic. I'm not from the Highlands. So, like for me, I had to do like the utmost respect of telling the Highland clearances story. So, like when I wrote the script, I feel like the story is is kind of more about human struggle rather than like the full political, like geopolitical thing that happened in history. Do you know what I mean? It's more about what happens to the people. Um, that's why I just I just I kind of made it about two characters because I thought you know I'll get a bit of, I'll get I'll get as much broad scope as I can in this story with these kind of with these two characters. Um, so yeah, uh, then the, then then the script came along and we went through a few a few a, I think we went through about thirteen versions of the script, thirteen drafts, and I think the script got finished in about February. Um, and that again was about fifteen pages long and. I worked closely with Toria, the producer on that. She, I was sending her versions of the script every week and she was giving me feedback and stuff. And she was really kind of, she came on board in like December, January and she was kind of really passionate about the script and she really wanted to kind of see how it developed. And yeah, that was it. I just woke up one day and went, I'm going to make a film about the clearances and just just went with it. And here I am. I wish we had that kind of inspiration first thing in the morning. I think it shows. I think it. I think it shows two things. I think it shows your versatility coming from doing the coffin walk, which was more a dark comedy, mm. but also shows your dedication to what you do in terms of doing all the research. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's the thing. People that know me won't. People that know me best know that I sometimes I jump in. I some I jump into things without really thinking about them. Um, but yes, podcast. Which is why I'm down in Southampton right now. Uh, yeah, why are you in Southampton? I said I'm going to ask you. That. I got a job down here. Okay. Um, but yeah, just to finish that last point, like the thing with the thing with the Scottish film industry is that there's so many amazing things. There's so many amazing Scottish stories. There's so many amazing things about Scotland and our culture that that deserve to be on screen, deserve to be told stories about. But uh, it's just not there. Like. There's, there's just no films getting made, and I just thought, you know what? I'm going to look at. I'm going to let's do a film with the clearances. Why not? Because it's an it's a really really like interesting part of Scottish history, and there's a lot of like there's a lot of drama there, but also it's something that's never been told. It's never been on it's never been on screen before, and who knows? I mean, the way the Scottish film industry is right now, there might never be another film about it. So, like, I feel kind of privileged to say, you know, this is the only film about the clearances. Uh, and I think we've I think we've done it justice because that's another thing I was going to say is that you know it's, it's, it's our job in the 1815 team to make this film as accurate and as authentic as possible so 
you know, it wasn't just about me writing the story. It was about getting people involved that knew their history, getting historical es- experts on board and Gaelic language experts. Like it was all about making sure everything was down to a T um, and making sure that we were kind of doing that part of history justice. Anyway. Uh, I, think, I think you've definitely sold it now. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to seeing it on the 16th. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm buzzing for it. I can't wait. I think it's, I think it's going to be a good day and, I think there's a good chunk of the casting crew coming as well. I think there's going to be a lot of the crew there, and um, I think the Q and A, even if people, even if people hate the film, at least the Q and A will be interesting. <laughs> uh, I'm, really, I'm, really, I'm really looking forward to it because like, I haven't seen the trailer yet, and because I, I don't like watching trailers in case it spoils it for me, kind of thing. Oh, you've not seen the trailer? Oh, what? You know, I, I tried to watch the trailer, but although another YouTube video was watching, this was working. There was no sound, but it wasn't muted. I don't know if it was just me. Probably you. What my, the trailer that I put out mm-hmm. on face? I think it was on the Facebook event. Oh wait! Ah yes, sorry. So the volume wasn't working for some reason. The actual trailer was on my Facebook and the eighteen fifteen's Facebook page, but I don't know. The butter hole did post, but maybe mm-hmm. they. I don't know. Maybe the sound didn't work. I'm not sure. Yeah. Check it after this. And I did try and find it, and I found it, but it just didn't have any sound for some reason. I don't know why that was the case. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's a, a lot of work went into it. I think it, I'm I'm really proud of it, and I hope uh, I hope the audience connects with it. Um, I think I think I'm going to look back in years to come and just be really glad that I made it. Well, we hope it goes. To be honest, it sounds it sounds totally like my kind of my kind of deal kind of thing, like. Uh, Good, good grounded characters and like a a story that you can really get into. So I judge it just by like listening to your passion and now I think if it's in half half as passionate as like you're saying, it's going to be a real treat. Oh, thank you. I mean, it's going to be nice to actually see you in person there, so <laughs> we can actually. I don't even see Paul in person that often since we started doing this. Whenever I bump into him, it's a bit weird. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's. I think, like, for me as well, I feel really like um, it's. It's nice to know that your community supports you, and like, especially in Dunan, you know, like I've been working in a bar for the last five years, and like I loved it. But it's nice. To, it's nice to to know that people support what you do, and like, you know, people people come out to see to see films all the time, and. It's just kind of like, it's really, I feel privileged to, to say that, you know, like, who knows, maybe in like five years' time, if I've made a feature film, you know, I'll screen it and do it and people will come to see it because people people in your community like to kind of see that you're doing well and they love to see they love to see your work. Um, so it is, it's really nice. I'm going to be getting your autograph uh, in April and then when, when you hit it big, I'm going to sell that <laughs> yeah. bad boy on eBay for a good couple of sheets. I don't think that's going to be worth anything ever. <laughs> you never know. You never know. So, um, we had a couple of final wee questions, favourite things to ask before we sign off uh, for today. So I think who was up first? It was me, actually. Right. Have you still got it in you for a couple of couple more answers? Oh, of course. You can, you can pass. You can pass on them if you want. Favourite movie villain of all time? Oh... Right, so I've got two. Okay. Right, so obvious, the obvious one for me is like uh, Heath Ledger's Joker. Nice, he was in our, our rankings, I think. Like, 
Uh, yeah, I think I think he just changed he changed the game. He changed the game, and yeah, I mean, there's if I put a lot more thought into it, I could probably find a good few. But I just thought like the next one for me was uh, Emotep from the Mummy. Okay. Um, the nice from the, the original. Yeah, we, um, well, what's his face? Brendan, Brendan Fraser. Yeah, like the mummy is one of, I probably should have put the mummy on one of my lists, but the mummy was like, I think I was like eight when that first came out and my dad snuck me into the cinema to see it. And I just remember being like, I was just mind blowing. So I was like, this movie is so good. But I just remember being really scared of Imhotep. Um, oh, it was the wee scarabs that got me, the wee scarab beetles. The wee scarab beetles. But like, See, before he became like in his human form, when he was like still kind of half mummy, I just thought I was just always really, I was always really scared of that. So, like Emotep, he's up there for me. Like he was a good, he was a good villain. I like that. I like how they've just got their kind of own wee kind of their own wee uh, insights of these villains and stuff like that. It's great just seeing all the different kind of perspectives. <laughs> Yeah, this is a good time to ask you, actually. Since you said about wanting to put more thought into things, would you be interested in coming on for a ranking at some point? 100%. Yeah, definitely. We'll need to... We'll, we'll let you know what ones are coming up, but if you're keen to come on and, and do a, a full top 10... Yeah. I'll be a, I'll be a regular guest. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. Fun. Good fun. Well, me and Paul are going to have a chat later on about the next few weeks, so we'll, if there's anything that tickles your fancy, we can let you know. Yeah, sounds good. Um, aye. Wait, is, is, am I allowed to ask what you've put for villains, or is that not done yet? Um, we've done it. We've done it in the past. Uh, my number one, I don't care. Spoiler. Okay, there you go. Uh, I went for the Green Goblin, Spider-Man 1. Oh, nice. That's a good one. Uh, Who did I go for again? Uh, I can't for Darth Vader, because like Star Wars growing up is such an iconic movie for me. And he was always the big, the big bad one that you're always fear of. So that's what I went for, Darth Vader. I think like Darth Vader is an interesting one because he, he's a kind of like iconic villain, but then he also turns out to be like the, like the hero of the first kind of. Like he, everyone thinks it's a kind of the tables kind of turn because everyone thinks he's going to be the hero. So I always found that an interesting one with Darth Vader because it's so iconic, but like his story is just so kind of like... Yeah. Well, you said that one, didn't you, in the ranking? Yeah, I, I put him lower because of that, because in the prequels, but also the Clone Wars animated series, which if you haven't seen is a must-watch, um, he he does get redeemed a lot in, in those. Mm. Um, there's probably a good more. Like, I, I'm really oh, bad these really blasts, there's so much you can put in them. Like it's so hard to cut them down to ten and stuff. So, like I've got a mate. Actually, oh, I've got a mate who I, I actually might ask um, if he wants to come on. He's just so good at making film film lists. He's always making. Uh, he's always making film lists, and I just thought about him when you asked me to do this because, like, I remember just sitting next to him one day, and he had just like listed out. All of his like favorite movies from like one to a hundred, and that was, that wasn't even half of it. He was just like he would he would do all this. He would like write down his favorite favorite comedies. Favorite, but then I was like I was like wow, like I, I struggled to put six together. <laughs> it sounds like that kind of guy. If you look at my honorable mention list and these things, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, um, 
it's quite it's nice though it gets the brain working though see thinking about your thinking about your lists it kind of gets the, yeah. the brain waves going you know and it's fun because although we don't always think of all the ones we want to talk about something like this and each the podcast we do after each one we end up talking about it and saying oh i wish i'd said that one and it's quite organic in that sense it's i had one last too. one before sorry paul i was gonna say it's quite funny because you're quite like colin's quite organized when he does lists like he's done them like in advance quite a bit and i'm quite instinctive so i'll just kind of make up a list like 10 15 minutes before the show's meant to start and like just go <laughs> there you go that's that's my favorite kind of thing yeah just like, yeah. Quite a weird, way, weird way we do it just uh spontaneity yeah that's basically it <laughs> so I, I usually have like two honorable mentions and clones got a bit for <laughs> <laughs> I've got one more for today, and then Paul's got a couple before we wrap up. Again, judging by your answers so far, you do seem to like this kind of thing. Favourite Harry Potter movie? I, I, I need to be honest, I've I've only ever seen like five of the Harry Potters, or four. What was your favourite of the four? Not bad. Um <laughs> You can pass that question. That's fine. You've no, done no, well to this point. This is something that I've. I think I've lost a lot of friends over this. <laughs> like I, I don't know. I didn't. I, I suppose. I don't know the second one. I don't know. Nice. I, I, That's I, I, didn't, I didn't connect with Harry Potter. It wasn't very realistic, was it? It was about wizards. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. So, Colin's reconsidering asking you on this podcast now. <laughs> Same. Everyone's got. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm just joking. I don't. I don't know. I've never like. I was always a kind of Lord of the Rings person. It was always nothing like nothing wrong with that. I like Lord of the Rings. Um, Lord of I, the Rings. I'd, I'd probably say I'd, I'd probably say I, I probably like Lord of the Rings more than Harry Potter. Like I was meant to be on the ranking show, but I'd caught COVID. Um, but. They went into really in depth about it. Like, I've seen the movies, but I've only seen them once, so I couldn't really go mm. into much depth about it, kind of thing. That wasn't yeah. something that hooked me as much as it hooked Colin and Strachan. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm the same as you about Harry Potter. Like, I've only ever watched the Harry Potters once. Like, or like, do you know how when you're sitting on a Sunday and someone's watching it and it's just in the background? Like, I don't. Yeah. Like, should, should read the books then. <laughs> I, read, I read I read the first book when it first came out and then I just gave up on it. I don't I don't like wizards. <laughs> Gandalf's a wizard. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you had two questions which are actually unrelated to our rankings, but well, one of them is we could actually do a ranking video on one of these, by the way. Mm, good day. Good day. So you want to fire off? Right, okay. So in a complete ideal world, who'd be your favourite um, dream collaboration, like actor, actress-wise? Who would you want to work with? That's a good one. Yes. I think about this all the time because I just think, like, who would I love to to work with? Like, someone I always think about working with uh, that's kind of still to come into their like their kind of acting prime is like uh, Jack, you know, Jack O'Connell. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's in uh, is it 71, he's in? Yeah, he's in 71. I mean, don't get me wrong, he's done a few great films, but I always thought, you know, like, um, I'd love to work with him. I just feel as if he's just got a lot of 
he he's just kind of got sensibilities and he's he's got a disposition that's kind of I feel like a lot like my own. I feel like he's he's got a lot to give in terms of performances. So um I would love to work with him and I've seen him in a lot of good movies. So that's something I've always that's the thing, like you know, it's not it's not unheard of for like kind of independent smaller filmmakers to kind of um, get in touch with like you know bigger actors and stuff to, to make films like sometimes actors when they're not making millions in Hollywood sometimes they do actually care about the story in the film and mm. um, there's loads of stories about actors kind of you know coming to work in smaller films so sometimes it's a possibility but like yeah Jack O'Connell um, that's a good question like yeah uh, Yeah, that's a really, really good question. In terms of um, female actors, like, um, oh man, you've, I, I didn't expect you to ask that. Sorry, I've not actually. We'll, we'll tag anybody you mention in there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm 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 read it. <laughs> I get blocked. <laughs> um, yeah, man, that's a really great question. Told uh, you, Trevor McDonald, kind of. Neil, Neil, you're you're going to come back on, so see if you have extra thoughts post podcast. You can always bring them in. Um, cool. I'm just trying to think of a female actor that I'd love to work with. Uh, the, oh, nah, I've lost it. She's right on my head there. Sorry. Paul, <laughs> well, you had yeah. one last question there, didn't you? Uh, and your favorite director of all time. Director. Um, Neil Boyle. Neil Neil Boyle. Nah, he's he's a chump. Uh, <laughs> Paul, like biggest inspiration, favorite director for me is definitely like Paul Thomas Anderson. Um, I just remember watching like, have you, do you guys know who Paul Thomas Anderson is? I don't know him by name, but I might know some of the things you're going to mention. Uh, he's made like, um, well, his most recent film is called Licorice Pizza. It was in cinema. Oh, no, that got nominated for an Oscar. I think so. Um, yeah. He made the. I mean, you should check some of these films out. It really is like it's a like great American cinema. Um, he made There Will Be Blood. He made The Master. Um, the Master. By the way, if you want to see, if you want to see one of the one of the kind of modern greatest performances that you'll ever watch from like a, a male actor, um, watch The Master by Paul Thomas Anderson. It's got Joaquin Phoenix. Um, it's about it's set in like the sixties. It's about like the fifties. It's about this uh, this guy who comes back from the war. He's like a sailor, and he's kind of like kind of really messed up. Um, absolutely unbelievable. It's just it's, it's it's about this guy that basically finds a cult. And sadly, the film didn't really get any like critical or like commercial success. But it's one of my favorite movies, and like. The performance was just the performances in it are just absolutely unbelievable. So if you get the chance to watch the master, but yeah, there will be blood. The master, um, Boogie Nights. Have you heard of Boogie Nights? I've heard of Boogie Nights. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, Boogie Nights. He's made uh, Magnolia. That was kind of like a big ensemble, a really, really famous film he done. Uh, and it was kind of like Tom Cruise played a small part in it as well. All right. Okay. He's just made all these. Uh, have you heard of Punch Drunk Love with Adam Sandler? It was basically like Adam Sandler's first serious film. Um, does Adam Sandler do serious films? Okay, I was say. Adam Sandler does serious films. He's done it twice. He was in uh, Punch Drunk Love and he was in Uncut Gems. Oh, yeah, yeah. Netflix one. 
two great movies. But yeah, like I just remember starting to watch Paul Thomas Anderson films, and I was like, wow, this is like this is something different. It's like really, really just just great, great cinema. And he, I've t- de- definitely taken a lot of inspiration from him. But I can't knock Steven Spielberg. Like he's just one of the greats, man. Yeah. You've done well recently, eh? Yeah. You've done well recently with that uh, West Side Story. Yeah, I've not, I've not watched it yet, but like Steven Spielberg is just definitely like he is like a he's like one of the greats, one of the greats. Yeah. Neil, we've clinched it. We'll do a top ten movie directors ranking at some point. Yeah, cool. That can be the one. That sounds good. Um, but yeah, like that's that's my favorite. That's my favorite director. But he also writes all his scripts as well. He's a writer. Um, and I kind of I, I appreciate that. I appreciate writer directors. Although, can we do it now? Because you just give it away your number one. <laughs> no, I mean, we'll work, we'll work it. There's still another name there, isn't there? I can, I can, I will host it then. <laughs> it would just be called our bottom name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Right, we better start drawing to a close now. We've went an hour and thirteen minutes, which is which is good. Hopefully, wow. um, so just to do the shameless plugs at the end of the podcast. So this is going out on Paul. You always keep me right with the nights. This is going out on. This is going out on Thursday, the seventh of April, and then on Monday we've got a ranking. That's yeah, your choice. Yep, we're going to rank our favourite Star Wars video games to celebrate the new Lego Star Wars game coming out this week. So it's a really nerdy one, but one we're we're quite looking forward to. And we won't go any further forward than that because we're still trying to firm up a bit of the, the schedule. So this podcast you can see on YouTube and you can see our lovely faces, but you can also catch us on Anchor, Good Pods, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast. Did I say that twice? No? I don't know. Google Podcast. <laughs> but also, I've just signed up today. We're going to be on Amazon Podcast and Audible as well, which is pretty cool. And you can also find us under Seismic Cinema on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And I think that's all of them. So all we've really got left to do is to see if Neil can remember what our slogan is from earlier. Yes, I, of course I remember. <laughs> the power of escapism nice and what, what do you think of the slogan Neil is that something you kind of live by um, uh, based on what you said tonight I think it's definitely something you relate to yeah no it's a, it's a, it's, it's a nice slogan I like it um, I think that's a kind of double edged sword as well like um because escapism is like, I mean, okay, put it this way. When cinema started to be a leisure activity, um, it was kind of uh, deemed escapism because like when the world of war was going on, like people would go to the cinema to kind of take their attention away from what was actually going on outside. But yeah. nowadays, you know, cinema is kind of more of like a, an art form and, you can you can go and you can watch Dwayne the Rock Johnson like throw a car at a helicopter, or you can go to like you can go and watch a really nice like really powerful like drama, yeah. like a French film, a Chinese film, you know. So like that doesn't always have to be 
something that you escape from. But most of the yeah. time, I mean, for me personally, like when I'm in the cinema, I love it. Like I love mm. being detached from the world. And I just love being focused on like the movie and, and the world. Like I love it. I always love going to the movies. So I totally agree with you. Like I think it's such a great expression. Now, that's a good point. Um, no one's kind of given us that viewpoint before, but it's nice to, because even if it's a more grounded real world thing, you're still escaping to that world and that story. Like you're, I mean, escaping your own life to, to really take part in that story. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, put it this way, if you're, if you're able to, if you're able to sit in front of a screen for an hour and a half and, and watch something unfold in front of you and for it to be able to <clears throat> touch you or to move you or to like to make you feel something and for you to come out and be like wow what did i just watch or like wow that was amazing or like i, I just I, I feel i felt something there like you know that's it's an amazing thing because like it's like people that go into an art gallery and they want and they want they stand in front of a painting for 20 minutes you know they, they get something from it and what that is who knows but yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I like the expression. I'm going to get it tattooed on me. That's all we call it. Got real deep. <laughs> I'm getting coffee walk on my neck. Uh, I'm going to get 15 on my pinky toe. <laughs> I just get on each toe. Right. We're starting to talk about feet, so that's probably a good place to stop. But Neil, yeah. thanks so much for giving up your Tuesday evening when this was recorded to to talk about your career and your upcoming movie. And we hope the people listening check out both some of your previous stuff and your new one. So we're looking forward to to coming to see that on the sixteenth. Always, and uh, thank you for inviting me on. This was really fun. Yeah, really uh, appreciate having you on, man. It's good to see you again as well. I know. <laughs> I'll probably when I'm back up from Southampton, I'll see you on the. The 16th on the Saturday when it's playing, but yeah, thank you so much. This has been really nice, and yeah, hopefully, be on again. Just give me a shout because I don't do anything that on a Tuesday after eight o'clock anyway. So, yeah, we'll get the we'll get the director one sorted. Yeah, cool. That sounds good. Okay, right. see you later, right. folks. Thanks so much. Cheers. Uh, see ya. Did I just hang up now? No. <laughs>